0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the OUG Talks podcast, we're up to episode 4 now, and this week we have a quick chat with Thomas, who's the single developer of No Breaks Games, and his first release proper will be Human Fall Flat, which is a 3D sort of like puzzle platform sort of game, it's quite strange and weird, I'd recommend it it will be out on PC within the next 2-3 months, I'd have a guess. And towards the end of the year, it'll be coming to the Xbox One with the ID Xbox sort of scheme. So, without further ado, I'll just take it away and I'll start chatting with Thomas. So, thank you. Goodbye.
1: Time travel. Mystical magic. Secret powers. Stardust can save the world. Test your intuition, solve riddles, and fulfill adventurous quests. In the new book, The Power Vested in Me, The Gatherers, Book 1, Volume 1. Available now on Amazon.com. Join the adventure today, because you never know what tomorrow may or may not bring. ChaosTrophic.com, the most viral videos, images, and news from all over the internet. We find it so you don't have to get the latest and greatest chaos from around the world. We give you more of what you want, boobs, and less of what you don't. Politics. But don't think it's all about us. We're all user-driven. Come on in and join the fun and see content from all around the world from people just like yourself. ChaosTrophic.com. We find it so you don't have to.
0: Right then, so we're here with the podcast, it's me, David, and I've got a special guest. So I guess, first of all, I'll just sort of say, can you just introduce yourself and what you do?
2: Hello, I'm Thomas Sokolowskos, I'm a Chief Everything Officer at No Breaks Games, and I'm currently doing a personal challenge, a physics-based game, a puzzle and exploration called Human Fall Flat.
0: Now, when, I mean, you guys were good enough to send over like an early build of the game to us to have a, actually have a quick play on, and, I mean, when I was playing the game, it, to me it seemed like it was like a dream sort of scape, like when you're playing the, the levels it all seems very dreamy, or like, it, like a heaven sort of like dreamscape. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it wasn't until the guy who did the preview for it sort of said that, you've got a lot of a backstory from the website i mean will you guys be putting in like either like a cg intro or like a comic book style intro into the actual game when it's finished
2: actually we are not putting any cutscenes or whatever uh, interruptions in the game flow even a level loading screen there is no such screen you simply fall to the next dream so we want to keep the experience as continuous as possible.
0: I, I got to the part, I mean, I don't know how far people get into or how far the game goes, but I got to the part where you actually grab onto stuff and pull yourself up and the little legs just twiddling around. It's quite funny. <laughs> um, so, I mean, will the main character, Bob, will he get more detailed or is he going to stay, like, very white and you know not very much texture on him
2: basically we don't want to focus too much on Bob or his story there is backstory and if the game is success uh, there will be sequels or actually a trilogy where you will understand what is happening, but for the first installment, we want to keep him uh, plain as possible, so uh, it's your story, it's not his story, and having abstract character, and uh, with help of customization, you can put textures on him and paint him, you can make your own story, so basically, you are stuck in dreams, and you try to get out of them.
0: And, I mean, as people might know or might not know, the, the, the main guy itself, he looks like is made out of jelly sort of thing. You know. <laughs> Was that a design choice? Or?
2: It uh, I would say fifty-fifty percent. Uh, we wanted to do a procedural animation based on the physics forces, nothing uh, sort of animated. And, uh, as we are doing the game with Unity, it is very difficult to make, uh, things more rigid when you have like full ragdoll standing. So it got uh, this, uh, jelly-like flavor or drunk or sleepy. And then, uh, seeing the sleepy guy, we decided, okay, let's go with dreams. And it fits the mechanics of game quite well. And it's funny.
0: I mean, when I was playing it, I mean, some of the levels can get quite challenging, especially as you say. The he he does look sort of like drunk, sort of dreamy, sort of sleepy, and sometimes he doesn't quite go exactly where you want him to go. Uh, I'm just wondering, will you like add maybe like a a run button or something, just so I can get back to where you were a little bit faster? Uh,
2: A run button is under consideration to get faster, but actually. We have been playtesting the speed of character quite a lot, and uh, if you move any slower, then definitely it will feel too slow. And when you have going faster, it's very tricky to get the pre- precision you need. And also the puzzles uh, later were designed for this speed, so if we add a run button, we will have to tweak all the puzzles uh, not to break the game, so. I don't know. Maybe we will add, but I am not 100% sure. Let's see how the play, how the levels look after adding this. If it doesn't break the game, then why not?
0: Right. So I mean, how many people are helping make the game?
2: Actually, I'm doing it alone as a personal challenge. I started this last summer, and I decided, okay, let's make a game alone for a change.
0: If that's the case, and I'm very impressed.
2: Well, thank you. It takes a lot of hours. But uh, it keeps me motivated and things are extremely fast. I spend zero minutes on uh, communication. Okay, I do talk to myself, sorry to admit. But uh, I'm going quite well. Uh, We have uh, many agreements together with myself. So it's easy to, to go this way.
0: So have you been a developer long or is it something you've just recently come into?
2: Well, my childhood, I started as a game developer uh, when I was like nine years old. I started coding my first games, then moved to engine development in the year 1994. I had a full game engine, which was able of uh, like curved surfaces, which appeared Couple of years later in the games, but then I got uh, sucked in by corporate development, and I was doing backup software. Then I started my own software company and ran it for 12 years. But I was always passionate about game development. I did it as a hobby, but then I saw that it goes nowhere. You really have to focus. And in the year 2012, uh, I started No Breaks Games with a couple of friends, and uh, since then it became my full job. So, yeah, with software development, uh, over 20 years experience and uh, just focusing on games uh, already quite some time.
0: So, have you actually worked on any big name games uh, with your quite low, low budget sort of things?
2: Uh, no, we we were small in the studio. We have released a game uh, for Windows 8. It was No Brakes Rally. It's a 2D racing game on Bing maps, so you drive on actual maps and try to show good times. It has very interesting driving mechanics uh, because you steer with your mouse. It's possible to play with touch as well, but the primary uh, point was steering it with mouse. And uh, it's to mimic uh, the actual performance driving, where you are not steering the wheel, you are aiming direction for the car. I'm driving a little bit in uh, sports as well. Uh, the next game was Pocket Cheap, which was quite successful title on Windows Phone. We had over 800,000 downloads uh, and just launched on uh, Apple. Don't know how it will go there, but basically those were small in the type of games. Uh, I was not employed as game uh, developer for for some AAA studio or anything like that.
0: Because when you sort of say like in '94, especially the like the region where you're from, then I was hoping you might say some like classic Mega Drive sort of games or something like that.
2: <laughs> no, actually I was quite disconnected back then and. Uh, There were no indies back then, and to get into some serious business from here, we didn't have the companies here, and moving abroad for a game company, I don't know. Maybe I should have done that, but I didn't.
0: Because, I mean, I know when I've talked to some, I I don't know if you're aware of the the game, but Sensible Software, and like Sensible Soccer, Cannon Fodder, them sort of games, we talked to the guy who set that company up, and he was saying that back then, in the, the early 90s, you needed a publisher who had faith in the game because they needed to make, like, 10,000 cartridges of that game. Whereas now, you don't need no faith in the game whatsoever because you can just basically put it straight out onto, like, iOS or whatever and pay, like, a $100. I mean, do you think that it shifted too far in favour of, like, I don't want to say rubbish, but just people just getting some out quickly, and it might not be to a standard.
2: Yeah, that's a little bit sad. Okay, I'm in the developer too, so I'm happy that it you don't have to have a multi-million budget to actually push something out. But uh, I'm trying to bring something of quality to players, and I wish uh, all developers would do that. Unfortunately, especially on mobile platforms, uh, it's not the case. And, uh, well, there are many issues with mobile, and that's why I moved to PC and console lately, because it's, uh, I play PC games myself, so I feel home now.
0: So, I mean, with your latest game, will that be coming to, like, the so-called next generation of consoles?
2: Yes, we are part of ID Xbox program. I uh, didn't uh, yet contact Sony because, uh, well, I want to focus on PC launch now, and uh, as soon as we are out, uh, I will work on console ports and add uh, more content to PC version as well.
0: I know a lot of people are saying that these new consoles are basically just PCs in a box. Is that the case or is it quite difficult to sort of like get everything working correctly on the actual code and everything?
2: I could tell for sure once I have a game released on those, uh, but uh, so far it seems that uh, you don't need to do very lot of changes if you program the game correctly, like memory management and performance. But of course, with every platform, uh, you have a list of certifications, and those sometimes are not directly related to the game, but more how the console works, like uh, if a player comes, uh, stands in front of Kinect, he's identified, or you suddenly have another controller switched on and things like that, so this could take a considerable amount of time, but I hope it's worth it.
0: I know for a fact that the the Idea Xbox program, it's a very, very good thing because, oh god, what the hell was it? It was a, a racing game that I played Oh god, Vector Unit, I can't remember what it was called now. But they released their mobile game, they converted it and changed it up and put it on the ID Xbox. And I think they added like six player split screen racing on it. Which at least the game still looked good, even though it was a mobile game and it played really well. But at least they added content to it and they kept it to like £3 or something for the ID Xbox sort of game. Which I was quite happy with because I don't know if you know, but PS3 and Xbox 360, there'd be like a a Steam game for £3 and then it'd be on the Xbox for £15. And I just think they needed to change the prices to match what Steam were doing because it was just a rip-off basically. I mean, will your game be basically the same price as what it is on Steam and everything like that?
2: Yeah, the idea is to have the same pricing everywhere, and uh, I don't know exact pricing, but we are not looking into very high figures, because initially the game will not be very long, it will take a couple of hours to go through, but it will have lots of replay value, and uh, I see no sense trying to collect as much money, I want to collect uh, good Players there, and uh, add uh, content initially for free for them. Really make uh, a game that uh, will continue later on.
0: Yeah, I, I get that. I mean, I mean, I will say that the the game itself. I mean, again, I'm absolutely staggered, especially with the background detail. That it's just you and your own making the game. You know, because <laughs> I mean, like I've seen some games with like four or five team members. And they're very shoddily made. So, I mean, would you actually have you tried like Unreal for that engine and things like that, or have you basically worked with the the engine that you're working with? Have you worked with that one for a while now?
2: Uh, I'm working with Unity. I uh, uh, didn't try it on Unreal Engine because I was already quite far into Unity when I got aware of Unreal Engine. And also for mobiles at that time, Unity was uh, a preferred sort of way to do things. And I'm quite happy with the Unity. So if it ain't broken, I see no reason to try and switch to other engines. Before Unity, of course, I worked with XNA, with DirectX directly, and with proprietary Engines and that was a mess and with Unity it was you really can focus on your game.
0: Yes, I mean you say X and A, I haven't heard of that in ages. I mean I remember the tech tech demo the released when it first got announced with the car going into the wall breaking so getting destroyed and stuff, but yeah that's yeah that's that's going back, was it like ninety no, two thousand and eight or something when it launched? A X and A.
2: But I think it was earlier than that. Uh, it might have I'm just been sure. when uh, they
0: converted it over to the Xbox 360 sort of thing. Because I like, am not really a PC player, I'm more of a console. So I might have just seen the news saying Exynos is now compatible with the 360 sort of thing. But...
2: Yeah, it's it's quite old. It was good compared to like uh, coding uh, DirectX code uh, yourself, because it has some sort of uh, content pipeline but uh, really nothing compared to like a full blown game engine like unity is and most probably unreal
0: i'm not a coder i've no idea i have tried i don't know if you are aware of them but like these so called game development sort of programs where you put a a graphic in and then you type in sort of like if it does this it does that and then and within a couple of hours i managed to get a cat that was animated to walk across the screen and jump around. And I was quite impressed. And I mean, to get that program, to be able to release it, I think you had to pay about £80, which I was quite impressed with. But I, I, I can, even with that simple concept, just to add the layers, to add the goals to the game, that, to add enemies, to add other distractions in the game, it would have taken weeks and weeks but in, like, Unreal and Unity and things like that, is it all still, like, code-based where you've got to type every single thing out of the uh, eased out a little bit?
2: Well, Unreal Engine has uh, those blueprints, so you can uh, take care of most of the things without coding, um... Unity has some plugins that allow this, but uh, being a coder myself, I see this more of an obstacle than an advantage, because I I can read code better.
0: Yeah, you know what and, you're doing.
2: <laughs> Yeah. And for, for game engines, which are really simple, they are a good way to start. I have a 12-year-old son who has done his games in Game Maker when he was 8. It was a zombie game where you... With artificial intelligence, pathfinding, shooting, and so on it 's amazing what you can do nowadays,
0: yeah, I think that 's what got me was the the pathfinding for the enemies, and it said when the enemy sees you, they go towards you, then they just randomly just walk, walk, walk around in circles, but yeah, that mm-hmm. struggled with me but so you say you 've been working on the game for just about a year now
2: well it 's less than a year. Basic idea is uh, as such. Uh, it takes uh, nine months to make a human. I've Googled that, and I have made three humans myself so far. So it shouldn't take more to make a mere game. You so I that, started but... last, last July, and I hope to launch it uh, quite soon. Maybe I won't fit into nine months period, but let's hope it doesn't turn out ugly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, it'll be cute in your eyes, whatever it turns out. They're like, what is the end goal for this game? I mean, how many levels are you hoping to do for this sort of release?
2: Well, official uh, news is uh, having six levels, basically uh, what you already have, but those levels are being tweaked based on playtesting results and uh, music is being composed and all the polishing is done. But... Uh, I will start working on uh, level 7. I will not announce what it will be. It will be a secret. Uh, Maybe I will be able to fit it uh, for the launch. If not, it will be a free update uh, soon, post-launch. And then uh, consoles will come uh, by the end of the year, and I will be continuing making levels until then. So, I don't know. I don't want to make any promises just in case something changes. So, for today, the game will have six levels plus one level coming either into launch or post-launch.
0: So, I mean, when you sort of say six levels, it doesn't sound a lot, but what people might not realize, although it is like a physics platform game, it's much more like a puzzle platform sort of game. And it's not just going from A to B, it's actually working at how to get from A to B. So it's, you know, it doesn't sound a lot, but it's packed with content to get through those levels.
2: Yeah, currently just uh, passing the game uh, takes like an hour and a half or two hours on average, and this is just seeing one possible solution. Uh, Most of the puzzles have uh, many solutions to them so if you can't find one way to solve, uh, you can try another way and also we have placed uh, distractions such as dumpsters you can pack things into them, you can ride them, you can do all the crazy stuff you can do parkour runs uh, because it has this clumsy parkour mechanic so you can try getting on places against the game design and trying to find your own solutions which are totally strange and weird so yeah, it's, uh, six levels uh, might not sound a lot, especially seeing the first levels, they are extremely short compared to the later ones, but uh, you can play for weeks and still find something new in the game.
0: Yeah, you should maybe add like a little bonus thing where it's like a little football, you know, like little football game, so all the little jelly men running around trying to kick a ball. <laughs> I think that could be quite funny. But, so, the game itself, you say you're aiming for, towards the end of this year, for consoles. And then, so I guess, is it summer this year for PC? Or maybe earlier?
2: I still hope to release it earlier, like in the spring, but um, summer will be the latest for PC, yes. Right. And I'd have a guess, although you said... you. Uh, Of course, everything depends on. Yeah, okay, you (laughs) you talk.
0: (laughs) Although you haven't said a price, I would have a guess between about the five pound sort of, yeah, five six sort of pounds sort of mark.
2: Well, I was thinking more uh, like ten. Ten. Uh, Well, I I don't know how it converts in pounds. I'm thinking in dollars because it's sort of usual pricing. So it's uh, in the tier of $10 game, maybe $15 game. But, uh, well, I cannot uh, tell the pricing because uh, we are still in green light. And uh, from what I understood later, you deal uh, the pricing with Steam. So... I'd rather not say the final price, but I'm not looking into those $30 big indie games. Uh, It will be like quality indie game, and that's in $10-$15 range.
0: And that's a question I I wanted to ask because no one's ever... I've never asked to be honest. But I know to get onto Steam Greenlights, do you pay like $200 or something, and then you have to get voted in to be accepted?
2: You pay, I think it was 90 euros to submit uh, the game, and actually it's one time, so I can submit as many games as uh, I want. And then, yes, uh, you have to be voted to be considered for placement on Steam.
0: Right, and I just wondered, is there a reason why you went through the green light rather than just waiting a couple more months and getting it on Steam proper?
2: Uh, well, a uh, new publisher always has to go to green light. So only if you are already a publisher, uh, you can uh, publish games without green light, as I understand. But for for new publisher, you always have to go. And another thing, it's not an obstacle. It's actually a very positive thing because I get uh, feedback from people. I see how they vote, uh, and uh, I reach uh, more players.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just thinking that launching it through Steam Greenlight, it actually gives you a bit of a marketing push without really doing anything. And then it gives you players that are willing to to buy early, and then they'll sort of say what they like, what they don't like, and it gives you the option to make changes to the game before the final release. So I guess in a way, yeah, I can understand, yeah. I mean, I've got one question which I'm asking quite a few people. I mean, a lot of them just sort of say they don't know. But I just wonder if you have any idea. It's not a question that you will know. I'm just asking people's opinions. And that is, why do you think when Microsoft basically appeared to have the, the new Tomb Raider exclusive for a year, there was a lot of kickback? But when Sony's done the same thing with Street Fighter V, no one said a thing? <laughs>
2: Well, I don't know. Somehow, Microsoft manages to make himself a lot of enemies. And uh, whatever you take, uh, there are constantly flame wars for Windows, for Xbox, for Windows Phone, for Windows 8, for everything Microsoft does. Uh, it usually is uh, resonated quite bad, or at least with certain groups of people. So I think uh, that's one of uh, the reasons that no matter what Microsoft will do. There will be haters out there, but of course, uh, it's quite big company, and uh, for Windows, uh, if you take the market share now, of course, more people will be in hating uh, uh, side because there are simply more people who are using or are aware of the platform. So I don't know. All those exclusivity deals, uh, they are needed by platform holders. Of course, the players, uh, they are not very happy if uh, something is exclusive to not their platform. So, yeah, I don't know. You were right.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just think it's quite fascinating, you know, especially two years into the console generation. And I mean, I've just literally got a PlayStation 4, I've had a Xbox One since launch, and I can honestly say, even after two years, there's not many games for the PlayStation 4 which interest me at all. A lot of the games are for the Xbox One that are my sort of games, but the Xbox One has sold half as many consoles as the PS4, which is just shocking. Well,
2: yeah, for me it's also quite surprising uh, for Xbox being a bit slower i never had a PlayStation, so I cannot compare them honestly, but I had a 360, I switched to one or have both of them, and I see nothing wrong with it. So it makes its function. Of course, uh, Microsoft, uh, I don't know the direction it will go. It tries now to unify everything with Windows 10. Is it a good thing or bad thing? Uh, We will only know when it will be published. So it has all this bigger ecosystem around it, which sometimes could be harming more than helping. But. In other times, it could be helping. For example, with those universal apps, if it will allow to publish a game on Xbox and players uh, could play it on a PC which runs Windows 10 without paying twice, this is a good thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I know they've literally just announced their latest game, which I'm just looking at a press release for which I've completely forgotten the name of the game, Quantum Break for the Xbox One they've basically announced that if you pre-order it on the Xbox One, they'll send you a free digital code to download it day and day for the X- for the Windows 10. So you actually get it for Xbox One and Windows 10, so you can play it wherever you want for the same price. I mean, in my opinion, I think that's a really smart way to try and get more people involved. You know, so you just buy the game once, and then you can get it either for the PC or you can play it on the Xbox, wherever you want, but I guess it takes a company the size of Microsoft that's willing to lose half the the amount of money just to try to get the game out. I mean, what do you think of, do you think that's a a good idea to, as I say, to buy the game once and get like two separate codes for two separate platforms?
2: Well, I think this is fear to the player, because uh, you buy a license to game to enjoy it, and it If you want to play it on your uh, Xbox or on PC, uh, I don't see why a player should pay twice to get the same experience. The Hmm. same as with like uh, past generation and new generation uh, with backward compatibility Microsoft is taking. Like I have GTA on uh, Xbox 360 and uh, I've played the game through and now to shell another 60 bucks to just play with a little bit better graphics... It doesn't make sense for me. For some, it may. But if the game would be just transferred to new console, that would uh, be better loyalty to brand and players would be more happy. So I don't know if you are actually losing the sales because uh, some people would buy it twice or you are just making uh, better uh, fans for yourself.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think it's because of the situation they're in. I think they have to try to do fan-pleasing sort of like options just try to get a bit of like support on their side back to your game why did you think of the name Bob?
2: It was the first thing that came to my mind and it was in uh, like uh, work in progress documents but then uh, well having a little time and just in my life I try not to fix things which are not broken. Maybe giving another name if the character would be uh, more pronounced in the game would make sense. But currently there's some backstory in the website and there won't be too much of that backstory shining in the game. So, as, I, as I've as i mentioned, uh, there's no Bob. It's only you and those uh, physics puzzles out there.
0: Right. And so anybody that wants to get hold of the game, I guess... They can go to the website, which is nobreaksgames.com, and they can buy the game from there. Or just—is it just on the Steam Greenlight page?
2: Well, uh, to buy the current version, you have to go through nobreaksgames.com. That's right. Uh, you can get prototype. Uh, it's called prototype, but basically, it's more like beta game. And then once uh, we are on Greenlight, uh, you will get a Steam key so you can continue playing the game on Steam. So you will get it for free. And, of course, while uh, you are waiting for your Steam copy, you can go and help us greenlight as well.
0: <laughs> so I will just sort of say thank you for coming out. It's been a complete honor to speak to you. It's been a pleasure. And if anyone, if, if you want people to follow you on Twitter or email or comment, if you want to just give it any of your details that people can contact you with,
2: yeah, we are mostly active on Twitter. We also have a mailing list, uh, which you can subscribe, but mailing list is only for, like, big news. It, so far, we only sent one mailing list uh, that we are on green light, and most probably the next one will be that we are out or we are making the game on pre-order. But to follow us, the best way is to follow us on Twitter, and you can find that also from our website. And... Uh, be sure not just follow, but be active, contact, I try to respond to everything. Uh, there's a mail uh, on the website where you can get in touch, uh, I read them all, I watch play, let's plays, and I try to learn more about the game that I currently know.
0: So you're one of those people that's like standing over someone's shoulder watching how to play the game?
2: <laughs> yeah. It was funny, in initial Let's Plays, uh, players were playing and saying, okay, if developer would have seen that, and then I write in comments, okay, I have seen that.
0: (laughs) I mean, I went to the pre-launch of the Xbox One over in the UK, and they were showing off the game Rise, the fighting action sort of game, and in the early previews, they actually to do a, a death move or a finishing move, a button appeared over the top of someone's head with like either X or B or something. Mm. So you knew what button to press. But when they actually came to show it off to us, they actually changed it, and the colour of the button you had to press highlighted around the actual silhouette of the figure that you were fighting against. And I kept hitting the wrong button, and the guy was saying, well, you pressed the colour that it is. I said, well, I'm colourblind you know, put the actual symbol back above the head and i will be able to press the right button. And they were like, oh, we didn't think of that. We just wanted to take the big button prompt away from the screen. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, I guess that's... It's things you learn during development. You know, it's... I don't know. But, anyway, Thomas, thank you so much for coming on. I will not attempt to say your surname. But thank you so much for coming on.
2: (laughs) Okay, thank you for inviting me. Not a problem.
0: Thank you.
1: Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, Justin here. I just wanted to say that I've been thinking about you. I've been thinking about you a lot. Yes, you in particular, in that way. And I wanted to say, I think you're great. I've always said that about you. And I was wondering, if you think we're great, if you could give us a quick rating on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It would really... Really help us out in that, you know, podcasty sort of way. And if you're feeling particularly festive, perhaps even a little saucy, maybe stop by our Patreon page at www.patreon.com/oug and see if you can't slip a few bucks our way. After all, every little penny or whatever space money they use in Europe helps out the show. Thanks for listening. OUG Gaming will always be free, but with your support, we can always move forward and always be better.